Welcome to the Critical Witness podcast, where we talk faith, apologetics, evangelism, and anything else we can think of. We hope you enjoy the show. Welcome to Critical Witness. We're doing a bit of a spur of the moment um, conversation to introduce ourselves to the channel. We're looking to do a podcast as well. So this will be the first podcast uh, when we get around to having the jingle made and all that snazzy stuff. So um, introductions, I'm, I'm Phil. Um, I help lead a local church in Guildford and I work for an organization called Friends International. Um, we you can Google us, Friends International, work across the country, working with international students and welcome, welcoming them in to the UK through experiences, friendship, and if they're interested to the Christian faith as well. Uh, so that's what I do full time. Uh, married, as you can see in the, the carefully placed picture behind me, and uh, have, a, have a daughter who's, who's four and uh, may turn up in conversations as well. She's had a decent impact on my faith and theology for various reasons. Um, Dan, tell us about yourself. Uh, yes, so I'm Daniel, as Phil said. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Uh, and uh, I'm um, yeah, academic and healthcare professional, and I also uh, sort of write uh, articles on... Uh, Things related to sort of bioethics, you know, stuff to do with abortion, uh, artificial womb technology, uh, general sort of ethics and and things. And just I, I don't know, my job gives me a bit of well, not my job necessarily, but I have I, I like spending my evening sort of writing about stuff that interests me and doing this with 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 you now, Phil, as well. Yeah. Uh, so. Where, where should we start with this introduction? I guess we probably should have planned it out a bit better. <laughs> but uh, so, t- tell me how you you became a Christian. What what got you interested in Christianity? Uh, well, when I was eighteen, my grandparents became Christians of the Pentecostal variety, <laughs> uh, and they would often talk to us talk to 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 me uh, about about the church i kind of got the sense it was a little uh, i don't know, I, I i kind of thought of them more of like members of a cult uh, than anything sort of me- meaningful and then when i was about 19 uh, i started doing some work um, at their in their in their garden sort of doing some gardening and thing, things like that. And they would often talk to me uh, about Christianity, uh, uh, Jesus. And uh, I just, my general assumption, I didn't, I didn't have a um, religious upbringing. Uh, Mum's not religious in any way. So very secular. Um, you know, not, not anti-religious, just sort of, just seems like nonsense. I've not really given it a great deal of thought. So um, yeah, he would. They they'd often talk to me about uh, uh, Christianity, and um, I kind of got to the point where I would respond to their sort of 
questions and and things like that but I I wouldn't say I had a kind of informed view about it because I'd never spent any time not just Christianity I'd never spent other than RE at school Hmm. thinking about religion in any way at all it never never really crossed my mind um what was RE in school like like we just use we just use it to mess around I don't remember anything I don't know I'm sure the classes were great my teacher was was great (laughs) but um you know I I I didn't even leave school with four with five eight CGCSE so I didn't really take school that that seriously um that's quite quite a story in there and obviously we know each other and I know the story but it's quite a story that you came out of secondary school without a few GCSEs but you're now an academic in a university that's, that's, that's a pretty cool story. I think, I think yeah, no, it's, yeah, no, it's uh, yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting, uh, sort of how how yeah, how I how I got there, an, an unorthodox route, non-traditional route, I call it. Yeah. Um, I, it was. I don't know if I've ever told you this, but you're like always in the back of my mind when I was. So I used to be a teacher uh, for eight years, and always in the back of my mind when I was teaching Year Elevens. And they were like <laughs> stressing, stressing them like out about their exams, and they're like, "Oh, this is the end of the world if we don't get it." And I was like, "No, it's not. I know this guy who uh, <laughs> is now an academic, and uh, he basically flunked GCSEs, and he's actually doing really well. So don't, don't take, don't take all the stress because uh, actually you can, you can do what you want off the GCSEs." Yeah, but, uh, I, I was using <laughs> you as a case study. I don't know if I ever told you that. <laughs> yeah, no, I like, I like, I like that. Yeah, no, I'm definitely a. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, there's 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 so many accidents, uh, providence, whatever you want to sort of, of call it. it. It it's not it's a you know I, I'm fully aware that I'm a I'm an outlier. You know, people don't usually you know people from my background with you know four four A to C GCSEs, not including English, mm. um, getting expelled from A levels, uh, and is not a, a good a good start to um, you know, wanting to kind of flourish as a as an adult. Mm. So, yeah, it's possible, but yeah, not not recommended. It's not existing. the recommended. No, it's definitely not the recommended route. And uh, uh, considering performance reviews, I, I preferred that they didn't go that route as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but but yeah, going going back to where I was. So I kind of my, my sort of criticism of, of of Christianity, God. You know, I think I was. You know, I wasn't a sort of as sort of an anti theist. Um, I guess I was sort of a hopeful atheist in a sense. It's like I didn't believe in God. I didn't think there were any good reasons uh, to believe in God or that God existed. But I think if you'd asked me, I think I remember a guy, um, classmate at school, asking me, you know, do you believe in God? And I said, no. But I, you know, I'd like, I'd, I'd like to. I don't think there's any evidence of God, but I, you know, I like, I like the idea. Um, so I was never, never sort of ideologically sort of opposed. Um, to that I just didn't I just had sort of typical objections um uh, you know on all sorts of things and also you know I didn't like the moral constraints it placed on you as well you know to do with sex and relationships and things things like that so that was um so um yeah I just basically started reading books trying to become a bit more informed I think I, I went to the local library at the time that was in Staines and um found a copy of the case for faith by lee strobel mm-hmm. and that was really helpful even though you know um you know for someone who'd never 
you know, I think the good thing from my side, I didn't have, I didn't have uh, any negative views of Christianity, but I also didn't have any positive ones. I don't remember ever meeting any Christians growing up. I mean, I probably did. They just never told me. Um, and because uh, I could be quite argumentative, maybe I did. Maybe probably Jehovah's Witnesses and things like that, but cultists. <laughs> cult. um, and um, what was your motivation for this? Was it because your grandparents had changed? You saw a change, and then you? No, no, no. no. I just like being right. All right, okay. And they were wrong. So, so well, my assumption was is that I would read books and realize what a load of rubbish it was. Yeah. Um, and sort of the more I read, I think the good thing about, you know, it's pretty lucky the first Christian book you find with no help completely by accident is The Case of Faith, which even though there may be criticism of that book, mm. the people that it led me to, you know, William Lane Craig's, uh, J.P. Moreland, I think, Gary Habermas, mm-hmm. you know, like those types of people just meant that the first stuff I was reading was actually, you know, kind of making a plausible case for Christianity and for and for God more generally. So it was very not... much a, a gateway book case. Yeah, yeah, case yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, and it was, as I said, I had no sort of axe to grind. I was kind of like, well, I kind of think it's nonsense, but I was at least sort of principled enough that, you know, if actually if I was wrong, fine. Okay, we'll, we'll see. We'll see where that, where that goes. Um, but yeah, it was kind of unusual as well for, I think, for, for grandparents to have such an influence on, on a teenager, uh, really. Hmm. Um, I had a couple of things. I do, I do remember a couple of things as well. I was around probably when I was 17 or eight. 17 or 18, maybe 18, I was on a tube going to Romford with some friends. And this lady got on, on the tube and she made a real effort to sit next to me. And she she turned her head to me too, and she, and she whispered to me and she said, God wants you. And then she got off at the next stop. Whoa. Um, and I never remembered that until after the time. So, that, you know, so it was not like that was, I kind of forgotten about it. But that was wow. um, that was quite a strange did it creep, experience. Did it creep you out at the time? Is it just a bit like? Not really, because I just I just assumed she was mentally ill. <laughs> yeah. yeah, because yeah. I didn't I didn't you know what 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 person what normal person does that? Yeah, it was weird. So I, but I, so I didn't it didn't freak me out. I just thought well, you know, yeah. Was, so um, but I guess interpreting that experience through the lens after becoming a Christian is obviously a little bit um, more positive than that. We yeah. Say. Yeah, definitely. So you then, because when I met you at uni, you'd probably been a Christian maybe a year or two. Yeah. Maybe like 18 months, probably 18 about 18 months. months. Yeah. So I became a Christian March, 2005. Right. And started, um, and started university September 2006. Right. I mean, it was a little bit before March. I got baptized in the March. Maybe it was a few, a couple of months before that. Maybe the January. And then uh, the rest, as they say, is history. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, how much of that? Oops. How much of that time uh, between, like, would you say the the search for faith had any? bearing on on where your direction of life was going or had you already made the decision actually i'm going to start working harder for um the course that you did or 
No, I mean, before that, I was just bumming around, like wanting to um, just drink, party and, um, you know, just have enough money to kind of scrape by so that I could have fun. And uh, I've never had, I never, you know, even before I was, I never had any aspiration to be rich or uh, famous or anything like that. I just wanted to have enough to kind of do what I wanted to do. Um which is just you know mess around with friends and mm. um, I did a lot of BMX back then as well. So it's basically just traveling around all over the country, staying on sofas, hanging out with friends, partying, riding, just that that really. Um, so yeah, it wasn't until I became a Christian that, that when I, the first church I was in was a sort of a Pentecostal church, and m- most of the people there were kind of healthcare professionals. So it kind of makes sense to me, I, you know, the, you know, for all the criticism, you know, we can get into another time of sort of um, Pentecostalism. Uh, what they do do very well is they, um, you know, they highlight the importance of kind of, um, well, no, I mean, what they, what, what, what it does, I mean, that's the gospel really, but the Pentecostals, I think, do it so well to, the kind of more marginalized groups, you know, like, you know, me, you know, working class, you know, completely sort of ignorant really of things. I've never, never been in a church other than, you know, maybe went for a trip in primary school or something that, um, that someone as insignificant as me mattered so much to God and that that can't leave you untouched. They can't, they can't leave you unchanged if you believe that. And I think, that kind of changed my um, the, the how how basically how I how I how I viewed myself uh, you know my identity uh, what I should do in my life you know I can't kind of spend it messing around drinking and uh, you know not taking life too seriously so it kind of you know radically transformed my view of myself and and what I should do with my life. Um, and so because most people in the, in the church were healthcare professionals, I, you know, I don't think I consciously thought of it, but it just kind of made sense to go into a healthcare profession. And so I went back to um, basically at that time I was working 12-hour night shifts in a frozen warehouse. So I would go to – I started back at college. I had to redo my uh, – maths and, oh yeah, maths and English GCSE. I didn't have maths and English GCSE. I had to redo those. And then I did sort of a, an access course is basically get someone who doesn't have the qualifications, doesn't read the entry criteria for a university course. You can basically get it all done within a year. Mm-hmm. So what I would do is um, I would go to college during the day, uh, sleep for a couple of hours, and then I would go, um, I would go to, uh, and then I would uh, work a night shift um, and then do that sort of four days a week uh, right. to get myself ready for university. Um, I was also living in a friend's garage as well uh, right. because my, uh, there were some family issues at the time that meant that um, it became very hostile uh, to remain in the place I was staying. And so um, a, a friend from the church kindly let me sleep uh, in what was uh, yeah, sort of on the floor in a converted garage. At least it was converted, so you had some. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, uh, and that's. Uh, I mean, I've, I've heard your story a number of times, but it always, I find it a really powerful 
expression of, of what Christianity does to to lives. It, uh, what, what Christianity does, it, Jesus does. What um, when you meet Jesus in a very powerful way, it does transform how you live, how you view life, what kind of priorities you have, and and as we've talked in other conversations, it reorders your loves, and uh, mm. I, I think that that is a, a really cool. Uh, thing because I mean, it had a very powerful impact on me. So I don't know if I've how much I've told you, but you've probably heard it in in other areas. But you're at the time I met you, I grew up in a Christian family and kind of knew it all. But as for how it impacted my life, it wasn't really. I was I was able to say I was a Christian. I was able to fit into the CU, but I was also able to drink a lot and sort of push boundaries with with relationships. And and that's kind of how I was able to do it. I was able to go to church on Sundays and make the most of the Sunday lunches that were on offer. Um, but it was, yeah, meeting you and your sort of, uh, yeah, your, your desire to read and, and you're putting me in touch with debates like William and Ed Craig, who I hadn't heard of despite mm. being, uh, having grown up in Christian circles that I wasn't aware of him at all wasn't even really aware of the debates it was just i found in my first year the people around me were like you're a christian that's cool and so there was there was no pushback there's no challenge and i never really had to go do i really believe this is true it was more like yeah, everyone thinks it's cool and and unfortunately some of the, the christians i'd met uh, in in youth groups and things not all of them some of them were really on on, on form but um there wasn't m- there were loads who were doing the same thing who who had kind of grown up in youth group and yeah, we knew it all, but just, yeah, it's a bit easy just to, to drink and, and party. And that's what you can do. You can go to church Sunday, repent a little bit and, and go back to Monday. Um, and then, yeah, just, just the way that you're passionate about it, but also meeting Tina at the time mm. and uh, she was in a similar place to me, but we both kind of wrestled with that and we're like, if we're if we're going to be uh, in a relationship and call ourselves Christians, what does that mean for us? And what does that mean for our church? What does that mean for uh, life <laughs> in the future? Like we need to take this seriously, and um, and for that to work, for that whole that to make sense, you you need a grounding that in in the faith that's that's reliable, and so through that whole well through the university basically from from, i remember it's probably a decision became really firm when i changed to the same church as tina which is where i'm at currently um and it was around that time where i was like if this is i do believe this is true i need to figure out why it's true and i need to see see how that then impacts my life and uh and and so it kind of built from there and and so i do very much in my mind connect our friendship to making that decision and as uh, we both know we we enjoy reading uh again i didn't really read that much even through uni but it was that constant challenge from you can't read this this is a good book and (laughs) and it's just kind of uh, i'm i'm way behind you now but i'm (laughs) gradually getting there and uh, that desire to read and and learn and and hear from God through what He's saying in His Word as well. Um, so yeah, and going to the same church for that period of time, and and yeah, being really close friends with you and, and Mel and seeing your family grows. 
we always meet and they're always talking theology, always talking apologetics, what's going on in the world around us, big topics, abortion, you name it. We, we, we talk about it. And um, I guess with this, this channel podcast, probably been on the, the potential we could probably do this, uh, I don't know, for a good few months before we'd actually done mm. the first... Yeah, I think lock, lockdown kind of forced us into it. <laughs> it <is>. well, <laughs> if he asks me to do something, I can't say I'm going out. Yeah. Uh, for both of us, I was saying <laughs> I was trying to escape. I was saying for both of you know, for both of us, it's like, what are you doing in the evening? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Not, not too well, much. Let's talk. <laughs> let's film yeah. it and see what see what happens. Um, no, it's, it's good. I'm I'm really excited about the. Um, I just like chatting to people. I mean, as you know, like I'm, I I love listening to podcasts. And um, I like sort of long, the long form podcasts as well, just listening to people chat, like interesting people chat. Mm. So for me, it just gives us an opportunity to find really interesting people, whether they're Christians or not. I know probably we'll probably exhaust all of our sort of contacts for sort of Christians and stuff, uh, you know, relatively quickly. But um, maybe, yeah, maybe. yeah, we'll see. We'll keep start, going. Start circling through it. <laughs> well, that, that, that's why we keep asking for people at the end of any podcast is like, you know, who are people that we that we don't know that we should, yeah. and yeah. Um, you know, they're they're maybe they're they're the kinds of people we try and identify to kind of you know carry on these conversations with. But it's just, I think it's interesting to you know like Christian long form discussion. I think is is uh, you know is, is interesting and it's time yeah. time well spent. It's better than you know, wasting time doing something else. I think hopefully, well, as I said, we will try and get this into a podcast and start feeding it out there in a in a different format. I've started listening to podcasts as well, which is a fairly a relatively recent thing. And got caught up in um, the Bible Projects podcast, mm. and uh, it's just sort of gone from there. Then I found Ask NT Write Anything with Unbelievable, and um, so I'm not into the Joe Rogan show like you are. But I, I get the idea of. Um... I just I, I like I, I I love that show, but only specific shows because it, it, there's just particular people that he interviews that I just mm. I love listening to. So um, you know, people like Gad Sad. Um, he's, uh, he's, is he like you know, uh, is he evolutionary by, by either a psychologist or evolutionary uh, biologist? After looking um, up, he, I'm yeah, he's he's really interesting. He's got a book coming out. I think it comes out in the UK in September. He's a really interesting guy, and especially on sort of evolution, mm. um, like crazy people like David Goggins, um, <laughs> like former former marine, you know, who runs like hundred does like a hundred mile runs like multiple days in a row. That's just nice. you just it's yeah. just these really really unique people. I don't listen to half the stuff when he's sort of interviewing UFC fighters and comedians and stuff like that. But right. but the sort of interesting people. You know, he does really good stuff uh, with Brett Brett Weinstein, Weinstein, uh, Jordan Peterson. He's had on there uh, a couple of times. Hmm. Um, lo- loads of people, just really 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 interesting people. people. And, and because it goes on for like three hours, he's had Ma- Malcolm Gladwell. I think he's had on there. He's had. Has he? I've got to look that one up. Malcolm yeah. I love Malcolm Glover. I like I've just listened to his fifth fifth season of his podcast is out, came out last okay. week. Um, Revisionist history. And I love listening to that. It's one of my, it's probably my favorite podcast. I need to get into that because I, I listened to his um talking with strangers on mm. and that was basically a podcast. It was yeah. so easy to listen to. Highly recommend it. It was good. Uh I haven't not enjoyed any of his books that I've read. I, I think 
it might have been you that got me onto him actually i think someone Probably. someone recommended outliers it was either you or a colleague it was well I, mel mel got me into malcolm gladwell and then then i've become more of a malcolm gladwell fan than she is yeah <laughs> outgrown outgrown her um, the thing the thing about um talking to strangers is that's that's probably even that's even more pertinent now than it was oh, when, it, when, it, when it came out um, yeah. for the stuff where it's discussion of sandra blanc uh blanc case and yeah. things like that so that's a really interesting book book to read i think before we jump to conclusions i think there's there's so much there's so much more in the background behind any story and that's not to justify any uh disqualify no. any sort of initial intuitions about certain yeah, it's, things but there's, it's, uh, there's it's interesting more, the um, i think i'd read blink a little while ago and then having that in the background to when i re- listened to um talking with strangers was it's quite interesting there's quite a lot of um overlap in the, yeah. the snap judgments but also how we find ways to to communicate past that yeah i think that like the notion of like default default to truth he talks about you know unless we've mm. got overwhelming evidence to the contrary we just tend to assume people are telling the truth yeah um, and that kind of shapes all our interactions which means why we get in such a mess sometimes yeah yeah that's interesting so um, you you've talked a little bit about just enjoying long-form podcasts i mean my part of my hope for this is i don't i look on youtube and all of the apologetics conversations bar a few (laughs) are american they're all very much uh in in an american culture the american world um so pretty much after george floyd every single uh apologetics <laughs> group in the states was talking about race and and some in the uk were and rightly so it's caused the whole conversation um but it's mostly it's dominated by america and so the conversation around race in the uk has some similarities but it's it's a different kettle of fish and a different history and that's something that needs to be unpicked so getting getting the american news and the american apologists talking about race is one thing, but then trying to get a conversation here with someone like Ben Lindsay or, or um, yeah, other people that are talking about. Claire Williams, I noticed, had posted some stuff on on the UK Apologetics Facebook site. Are we going to try and get her on? I think she. Yeah, would be hopefully, I, I need to I need to get in touch with her. So if she's listening for any reason, <laughs> we'll have to get in touch. Um, yeah, so um, we are actually live now. So sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, the. Um, just just having the conversation about apologetics, how it applies to the UK, having people like Glenn Scrivener, Andy Bannister, who uh, and large portion of people having that conversation in the UK, because I think it's it is quite a unique and more secular environment that we are in in the UK. I mean, I'd probably label America secular, but it's a Christian secular in a really odd way that that most people will be able to quote the Bible at you because they read it everything but changes from state to state as well though doesn't yeah, it i mean it, it's 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 southern you know, states would be southern states would be very different to the sort of northeast and yeah. um, you know west coast and things yeah that's that's but, true but, but 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 you're you're right yeah it's um yeah and it's a big it's a big country <laughs> big <laughs> so you have all those place. differences so just i have a real desire for that conversation in the uk how we talk about it because i'm also aware that that uk evangelist uh, evangelicalism the us evangelicalism is 
trickling into the UK. And that's a brand of Christianity that I'm highly wary of. (laughs) And I'd like to start talking about how we talk about the gospel in the UK in the environment we're in without bringing the filters that come from Americanisms and American Christianity. Not saying it's all bad. There's lots of people have a lot of time for in the States, like Tim Keller and uh, some of the Gospel Coalition stuff's helpful. But ultimately, even the Gospel Coalition, that's very much applied to an American church. And uh, how we then work that into UK culture, how we reply reply to the UK culture, um, has its own intricacies that I think we as UK Christians need to really figure out and and find what's needed here. Um, so that's that's my kind of heart behind what we're we're doing, what we're talking about, and and also I I think it's much easier to hear someone tell me what they've written about <laughs> rather than yeah. having to read their book. So hopefully I can <laughs> <laughs> have have a few people where I can just listen to them talking about what they've studied, what they've uh, yeah what they're writing. So um, when Andy Bannister's book comes out on Islam, that's get him on. That'll be a great one about, to, to chat. Yeah, chat to about. Tell me about what he's written about rather than me have to read his book. Oh, hopefully a bit of both. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, his no, his book's generally good. Like, um, yeah, I, 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 I like the stuff he writes. He's a, mm. he's, a he's a good writer. He's, he's incredibly funny as well. But like he said, it's going to be a challenge to probably write have too much of a funny book with the the topic he's engaging with next time. Yeah. Uh, well, no, he's there's other people. It'd be really good if people are listening or do at some point in the future, even in years' time, mm. uh, recommending you know interesting people to kind of chat to. Another person I thought about, someone Dan Strange, would be good. Oh yeah, I wouldn't mind Tom Holland after reading his book Dominion. Tom Holland, yeah. I, think, I only got. I think I'm only about 200 pages into that, and then I kind of. It was it was pre-COVID, so that was like I can't. That's not a book I can read at home. It's like a commute book. Yeah, I got it on Audible, so I just ploughed through. It's it's pretty it is pretty dense in places, but it it was accessible even on Audible. So, He's probably like top ten defender of sort of Christianity in the country hmm. at the moment as someone who's an agnostic, which yeah. is weird. Like when I'm on Twitter, I'm like, if I didn't know that he was agnostic, I would just assume he's like a I don't know, like a you know a senior church leader somewhere with with you know a lot of um you know a large audience you know it's yeah. an influence i like um, how he um he, he even tells people to tells christians to preach the weird stuff <laughs> yeah. preach the power it's like yeah too right what, what's, what's going on we, ha- we have this hope of life after death let's talk about it and let's uh let's discuss it um the other part of it is that I, I enjoy a bit more range in conversations of what i've been doing on youtube on other channels so uh it's uh, yeah, nice to. We can chat about anything. So yeah, this is good. So um, we have zero people on watching. I think uh, maybe one viewer, and I think that's me. Um, <laughs> but we've, we've gone for thirty minutes. I think that is a good enough introduction to our lives uh, and why we're Christians. Uh, before before we go, you. I mean, you talked about case for faith. Um, two two questions. What is the strongest, like, just give a snippet of it, the strongest argument for Christianity, in your opinion, and a book that you'd recommend to dig into that? Uh, a book, current book. I, I um, 
the thing is, what, what I've started doing, I, I actually stopped, or not, not completely stopped, but over, over the years, I've kind of almost massively reduced the number of Christian books I read. Um, just because, especially a lot of a lot of books, uh, especially Christian books, don't don't often say that much new stuff, especially like apologetic stuff. Um, it's very seldom do you hear anything that hasn't been said already in a, in a different book. It's just kind of repackaging it in the same way. Yep. Um, but 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 one book, you know, if I could put a book in anyone's probably hand at the moment, that's kind of where we are. As as I've said before in previous podcasts, is is making sense of God by um, uh, Tim Keller. Yeah, that's great. Just because I think it, it, it does it engages with those existential questions that you have that people have about identity, meaning, and purpose, and it um, you know it shows how the the gospel um, you know gives you an identity and a meaning and a purpose that can't be can't be lost. Yeah. Um, and um, I just think that's a, a really excellent book. Um, in terms yeah. of like arguments again it's one of those things that like um i've probably went through a period of a few years where you know just thinking about arguments for god you know sort of philosophical stuff but i i i I don't think many people become christians because of arguments for god um I mean, part part of the problem with that, isn't it? I don't want to get into it now. Is that it's almost a bit like Pelagianism. I can't even. I'm too tired to say. <laughs> We're at the end but, of the evening. But but um, you know, it, it, it's almost like we we can. You know, if I can figure things out, I can I can get my I can get my way to God intellectually. Yeah. Um, and then He'll have to show me. You know, and I don't think God works like that. Mm. Um, I mean. I, I think the most intuitively sort of powerful case is, is just um, is is connected to morality. Um, the fact that we seem it would seem odd, uh, you know, there seem like there are objective uh, moral truths that some things are obviously good mm. and some things are obviously evil. And I think without God those that experience those those intuitions are much more difficult to interpret and to justify it's not that there are no, aren't reasonable arguments to be made but i think they're um they they, they seem far less plausible than positing um god i think as a, a sort of explanation for those sort of moral intuitions and, and things um, i've always liked what um again sort of having a go at philosophy but also using it as well is Immanuel Kant um, you said there's two things that awe me most the starry skies above me and the moral law within me and I've always thought that's powerful is that you know we kind of we look out so you know part of that is looking out and we see we look into the world the universe we see order um, of creation but then we also look inside um, you know sort of moral sense and faculty that we have so that's why I quite like that looking outwards, but looking inwards. And I think that, that both of those things are best explained by uh, by God. And obviously that only gets you to theism. And then I think you'd be looking at the sort of case for the resurrection. And I, I, I think reading the Bible is is, is important for, for people who are exploring these things because I, um, mm-hmm. you know, God, God definitely used me, used 
the Bible mm-hmm. to uh, you know, part of my journey. It's not just like reading uh, apologetics books. It was reading the Bible. Like, um, you know, I, you know, uh, started to believe what Jesus was saying. Uh, and you can't necessarily do that from reading uh, an apologetics book or um, necessarily. So I think, you know, reading the Bible is incredibly important. Yeah, uh, and and was and was used very clearly uh, my my sort of conversion. I think, I think that's really really important, and I, I think looking back, <coughs> the apologetics that I engaged with was more for someone who had grown up in Christianity and was questioning things, mm. and, and so I found that apologetics really um, grounded my understanding of Christianity into yeah. reality, into history, into uh, why the Bible can be trusted. And, and so those, those books were more, I found helpful as a Christian. And I, I'm not sure I would directly recommend them, at least not now to people searching. And, and actually I can say I don't because of the, the interactions I have with uh, people seeking and questioning now, I'm more inclined to send them a Bible project video or um, yeah. th- like, that's generally how, how I do things now and and or read this his his um one thing that UCCF do really well the uncover books where they just give you a gospel and you can write notes you can ask questions that's I think a really the the Bible is one of the most powerful ways to to evangelize to uh even in its own defense because it allows people to engage with what's actually being said yeah. they can access it from their own cultural lenses read it and then ask questions and instead of it going through a western apologist filter they actually access it from their own perspective and i I, that's really powerful and uh, that's definitely where i've seen the most um fruit i guess to use a christian (laughs) christian phrase um the most uh interesting engagement has been with the bible itself yeah um so for me, it's pointing to things like 1 Corinthians 15. This is the most important thing I can give you, that Christ died, Christ was buried, Christ uh, lives. That's that's the core. And the Gospels all point to that. And then actually how that works with the old and the, the new. Uh, yeah, definitely the the strongest case that, that should be made as a Christian. And I think um, my probably not failing but in in the sense that i found apologetics so helpful as a christian for a while i was inclined to be like this is like watch this debate watch this christian speaker watch uh ravi zacharias i remember sending ravi zacharias link to to a friend who was asking questions and they came back and they're like i have no idea what he just said <laughs> no it just doesn't no i don't he said a lot of long words and it just went over my head and i was i probably would have been better off giving them gospel mark uh, or something like that and just going read this ask me questions from that and and we'll go from there and um so I, I, yeah for, for me now it's it's the resurrection all the way through if that i mean obviously like on Corinthians 15 says if that's failed well <laughs> we're all we're all to be pitied um and that's that's where i go to again and again sure there's there's other arguments that i find very powerful the more argument is one that I remember kind of like I, I do still uh, find that, but circumstances in life, I think also the answer to suffering uh, is probably actually in terms of philosophical debates, the answer to suffering, I think is most powerfully answered by Christianity. 
mm. hands down. Though, as an atheist, why would I care if people like I, I don't have any grounds to care about suffering? It's just evolution. It's just and, and yet they do. Well, they they do care. Yeah, exactly. And but why? And and when you ask why, it's like, well, we make our own meaning. Is that like, that's not good enough? Why why does it? Why do I care? And and uh, maybe I'll share a bit more of that story later on. But I and mean, that's that's linked into to our life as parents and yeah. and uh, what's gone through in, in our life. And and suddenly it has to make sense. And atheism doesn't make sense of my caring. <laughs> like our, our life is if it. And it's always that quote. It's the one quote I remember from God Delusion. Other than it's a terrible book, <laughs> it's like actually confirmed my faith more. So maybe it's not so bad. Uh, is that line from him that if there's no God, there's no, there's nothing. It's blind, pitiless indifference. We're just, what was it? Cells in the wind or something. We're just blown about by genetics. And uh, to me, that's, that's, that's not an answer. (laughs) I can't can't live with that. And that doesn't make sense of how, how I'm wired. Uh, Evolution and suffering doesn't, why I care about suffering. It seems like the weirdest switch to have on and to survive is that the fittest actually care about the weakest. Um, and, and so that, that's kind of a massive bit for me. And the Christian answers that and the hope we have beyond that is, is massive. Um, and that's probably a bit of a, that, that will come out, I'm sure, on this channel. Um, but uh, that's partly why I'm also a bit of a fanboy for N.T. Wright at the moment. So I'd, I'd probably mm. recommend like books like Surprised by Hope. I haven't actually read surprised by hope all the way through but i've engaged with nt right stuff for for a little while on his his ask nt right and what i'm hearing is like yeah i can i can get that i can get that this new creation hope that we have so that's if anyone's wanting to know about the resurrection uh nt Wright's book this is i'm seeing things on twitter that's probably one of the best books on it it's a quite a doozy i think it's uh significant it's, it's gigantic <laughs> the <laughs> resurrection of the son of god yeah. yeah it's not something i would uh yeah read surprised by hope yeah <laughs> it's probably a bit more accessible but if you want to go about disproving the resurrection you've got that to contend with <laughs> yeah yeah that's uh yeah, big, i, I haven't got it in my bookcase book. it wouldn't probably fit <laughs> i need a whole new bookcase for that one <laughs> cool yeah right. We're, we're... No, no, I was going to say, no, it's, 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 it's funny when you're mentioning about um, the Bible is that uh, I think I've fallen into that trap is the temptation if someone's got a question is to, is to give them a book rather than saying, hey, here's a book in the Bible. Why don't you, why don't you read yeah. that? And then if you have any more questions, then we can, have, we can kind of reflect on that. Yeah. I think that the, the temptation with apologetics is, is it doesn't, it rarely begins with the Bible. Mm-hmm. it's often like right let me try and and it's not to say i'm not i'm not right like i i really do you know as someone who helps you know uh, thinks a lot about that i do value apologetics yeah not apologetics for its own sake um i yeah, think definitely. um i think um you know so it is it is incredibly valuable mm-hmm. uh, but i think sometimes the tendency can be to to provide uh you know I'm, I'm not saying if someone has a question you know why is there evil you know what's you know well actually you have to try and you know, give an answer uh but it could be have an answer and then okay why don't you read some you know why don't you read this chapter in the uh, you know mm-hmm. one of the gospels or something as well and then it's right well, here's a sort of philosophical theological answer to suffering here's the gospel 
let's see what you think about it after that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah man. It's <laughs> good stuff. <laughs> so uh, that's that's why we're doing the podcast. That's what we think. That's some resources. Um, do subscribe, comment, share if you find this helpful. Um, yeah. Give us some feedback. Otherwise, it's just just me and you nattering to ourselves. What well, other people? The good thing is, yeah. is even if zero people listen and zero people, zero people subscribe from this point onwards, I'll still be having fun. Me too. Yeah. Loving it. And I'm really Fine. looking forward to Sundays uh, with Neil Shev- Shen. Shenby. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, I'm really worried I'm going to say his name wrong. <laughs> I keep typing it wrong, so it's gone in my head. All, all Definitely Shenby. Yeah, I, th- I think that'll, 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 be a, that'll be an interesting one. Because I, I think we're both a blend of, of agreement and criticism mm-hmm. that he might not have maybe engaged with yet. Yeah, I think I think so. I'm I'm still. I've watched a bit of his stuff, but not not enough that I, I'm really wanting to be able to ask clarifying questions. But I've watched enough to get the general gist of of where he's at. So it'll be it'll be interesting. I'm going to try and watch a bit more before Sunday. I'm not watching anything. I'm going in cold. You're going cold. Yeah. Cool. As long as you've got some questions prep. But, yeah. Um, Cool. Right. Well, we'll end this off and uh, look out for podcasts in future. We've got someone doing the jingle. And uh, if, if just on the off chance, you had listened all the way through, we have actually set up a Patreon account, which is linked at the bottom. That will go towards us getting some speakers on who actually can't afford just to spend two hours sitting about uh, nattering, but actually would go towards their ministry so they can come on to this channel. Also, um, kit and stuff to improve if if you want this to improve <laughs> we're going to do it anyway but if you want this to improve <laughs> there's a patreon account uh to to do uh any donation will go towards um that sort of stuff and uh we appreciate you i uh, appreciate that you, you're listening in and we'll we'll finish up on that so thanks for listening cheers dan always a pleasure oh I'll, I'll end the stream good night Thank you for listening to the Critical Witness podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard, then please like, subscribe, share. We're on all your major social media, apart from Instagram at the moment. But please do get in touch. We'd like to hear what you thought. And if you'd like to support the show, find us on patreon.com 